Authentic business adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. Downloadable, downloadable audio episodes of the podcast can be found in the podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. We're locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. My name is James Kademan, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and helpful coach to small business owners across the country. And today we're welcoming slash preparing to learn from Jenna Pache, the owner superhero. <laughs> Of First Light Health. So, Jenna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. This is great because, let's see here, I've known you for a long time. A long time. But it wasn't through First Light Health. It was through, was it Midwest Family? It was through Midwest Family. We were both in marketing land trying to yeah. grow our businesses. Hustling. Hustling. <laughs> networking out there with the best of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so tell us, uh, before we really dive in here, what yeah. is First Light Health? So First Light Health is a women's health and focus coaching company. All right. Yeah. Very nice. So women's health and then focus you mentioned. Yes. So focus, ultimately what I found is I've, I'll talk a little bit more about it I'm sure yeah. later today is as I'm talking to working women who have kids at home, one of the biggest struggles we have is getting the things done we need to at work so we can shut off work and show up for our families and mm -hmm. make space for our self-care. All right. So to do that, I help with health coaching, but also with the focus piece so they can get done what they need to, the right things at work and shut it off to show up at home. All right. So you, I imagine this was a solution to a problem that you've seen. Yes. Maybe personally? Experienced. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad was a contractor growing up, so I'd oh, always nice. seen the freedom that he had had, but mm -hmm. I just hadn't found the right opportunity. And it's funny how life gives you this path. And looking back, you can see it, but mm -hmm. not necessarily as you're as you're living it. Right. So about a year ago, I went back to um, a marketing firm I used to work for to manage a team. And as I dove in, I was about a week in, we had someone quit, I had to fire somebody, and then the next week, unfortunately, someone had a health crisis. Wow. So I went from a team of six to three and <laughs> found myself, as I was trying to start a business on the side, mm -hmm. trying to pick up the slack of those other three people and was uh, just burning myself out. Sure. So one night, I'm trudging up the stairs at nine o'clock after I put the kids to bed and mm -hmm. I was falling asleep trying to read, you know, Dr. Seuss something. <laughs> and I sit down at my computer, I'm reading all these emails and making my to-do list and thinking, I'm gonna be up until two. And oh. then the kids are gonna wake me up at six and we're just gonna keep doing this. And I thought, this is not sustainable. Right. So I knew I knew something had to change. Mm -hmm. And I had already taken a health coaching certification. I'd had some health issues after having my second kiddo, who's now three. Oh, wow. Okay. But then I decided, gosh, I really need to find a better way to focus. Mm -hmm. So I went and got a certification for productivity. It's called Full Focus. That's a thing? Yes. Right. Um, there's a, a company, Full Focus, who actually does it. They have a planner. And so through that system, I am mm -hmm. now am able to coach folks on getting the right things done at work, how to wow. plan their ideal week, and really how to work self-care in so they can focus on all of the aspects of their life, not mm -hmm. just their work identity. All right. Yeah. Wow. So you touched on a lot of stuff there. First, I just want to just point out, you're with this company for a week and you got to fire someone. <laughs> yeah. You know. Welcome, I, Jenna. That's the guy. Right? That's the person we need you to get rid of. You know, it's always so interesting because I think when you come into a team that you didn't hire, mm -hmm. you you probably learn a little bit through the hiring process about the team, but they... I never want to take on someone else's opinions. I want to be able to form my own. Sure, it's fair. But, 
you know, when you come in and you see someone's attitude, I have a have a lot of capacity for being able to help someone reach their potential and train them and coach them up, right, if they have the right attitude. But attitude is just something I feel like if you can't fix it, I can't have you poisoning everyone else in the right. department. And right. so it really just became one of those things where the writing was on the wall. And, and as a human, I felt for him because he really... Oh. He really had some stuff going on in his life, mm -hmm. so I tried to give him some grace. But we also had clients to serve who were paying us money, and right. there just becomes a, a job. There just Show's becomes a point, on. right? So you can wish him luck. And also, I think as managers, we forget too that we're releasing them to a better opportunity, totally even fair. though it's True. hard to see that in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I can think of well, I got let go of a company. Oh man, forever ago. Well, I don't know. Let's call it. 15, 20 years ago, something like that. And I remember being so upset because I was making them money. I did the math uh, before, and I was making them cash. And I got fired for attitude, which it was totally a justifiable fire because it, it was attitude. Because <laughs> I, I felt like I wasn't getting in return what I was, all that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I um, let me back up another story. I was working as a mechanic way you know previous life and one of the guys i was working with had a conversation with the manager saying hey i need a raise because if you give me more money i'll do better work mm. and the manager said you got that backwards you do better work we'll get you a raise spot on so it was interesting because i had that in my head yeah and so as i'm working at this place i'm like i'm doing better work but i'm not getting compensated for it and then i just got you just get angry right and then that I was still taking care of the customers, but at the office, I was probably a train wreck, or just uh, maybe train wreck's the wrong word. I was. I'm sure you were never a train wreck, James. You no, know, it was just one of those <laughs> like, I was like, you're lucky to have me, mm -hmm. right? You're lucky to have me, and I knew that the customers were happy, but I took for granted the culture of the actual business. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so then they let me go, and I'm like, why would you do that? I'm making you crazy money. What's so interesting, I think, about that, though, is that it's a total mindset thing. Totally. And we don't realize that, I feel like, early in our careers because we're hustling so much to prove ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And then we feel like when we're proving ourselves, well, hey, they should be paying us more. And I think that's the seed that a lot of entrepreneurs right. end up with, right? I'm working my butt off, and I'm making you more cash. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why we all end up in business for ourselves anyway, when that's we have that happened. spirit. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I think the mindset thing is a really interesting one because uh, it's all about the stories that we tell ourselves about the experience. So mm -hmm. the experience could be wonderful, but if we're telling ourselves we're overworked and underpaid, right. man, it's really hard to break that cycle unless you have, unless you're fortunate enough to have someone come in and tell you, hey, look, you've got this backwards and I'm going to give you a chance to fix it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I guess now that you say that, that was never a conversation that was had there, but I, they were probably just as oblivious as I was. And there's a lot of places I can think of that uh, either business owners that I know or even myself with with my businesses up until I don't know who I was talking to where I realized like wait culture is the thing right because I was just under the impression that you hire good people you'll have a good culture but just because they're good people doesn't necessarily mean that they'll either stay good or that they won't bring their baggage right wherever they're going <laughs> work included well I think that's interesting because I've had the privilege of working for several companies before starting my own. And yeah. so seeing and experiencing it in many different ways is interesting because I've learned that 
if you're not deliberate about your culture, it just becomes whatever it is. You have right. one, you, but if you're not really paying attention to it and shaping it, mm -hmm. it's going to be whatever your employees say it is yeah. and not how you are actually trying to form it. I actually worked for um, a company that was initially based in a Chicago suburb, and they were okay. all really close knit. It was a, a family-owned business. And you could tell that, right? Everyone knew everyone's backstory, knew what you were doing on the weekend, and that was a really cool space. But as the, this was even before the pandemic hit, they started spreading out and realizing that we were a software company. We could do this work anywhere. Mm -hmm. So everyone started moving to some really cool places like San Diego and Denver oh, wow. and Seattle. And so everyone started to kind of spread out, which is cool because then you have that location freedom, mm -hmm. right? But I think what the company lost is some of that culture, that close-knitness, oh. that then when you're in a remote situation, mm -hmm. and that a lot of companies have gone to now when they're remote or hybrid, you lose that close-knit feeling because you're not next to each other every day or you don't have your water cooler talks or yeah. your time in between meetings. And we had to be more deliberate about time. We tried to have quarterly offsite meetings and strategic planning meetings and stuff so at least we could stay connected. Yeah. But it's a lot harder in this remote <coughs> world to try to facilitate culture. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I can see when you see the big tech players mm -hmm. that are like, come on back. We're yeah. going to lay off 10,000 of you, but the rest of you have to show up in the office. It's interesting because I'm like, why are they doing that? Right? There's a huge money on the line. Right. I mean, multiples higher than the company that I have. And it's interesting to watch what they're doing and then see, like, I can totally understand why. Mm -hmm. Totally understand why. Well, and I think it's also interesting, though, because we all thought that we were going to go to remote work and this was just going to be the new thing. Yeah. Just the, the new, new norm. norm right? right? Uh, in, the, in the before times, we never could have dreamt that that mm. was going to be a norm. But mm. a lot of companies are having to backpedal and figure yeah. that out because they said, oh, yeah, this is fine. We're just going to continue in this way. And then realizing, even for mental health, for employees who think they want to work remotely, mm -hmm. they suffer. So. Right. Yeah, we'll see how it develops over the next five years. We'll, yeah, it's we'll be a good case study. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, it's never been, never never been done. this challenge before. Right. So I imagine there's productivity, there's culture, there's just the, the random conversations, the water cooler talks, where right? all of a sudden you invent the next big thing just by chatting. It's interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I think, again, uh, coming back to the hiring. Mm-hmm. So uh, my sister just finished her master's program, proud nice. sister here, very excited for her. But what she did uh, as part of her thesis was she did some research to figure out uh, the companies who were getting the most applicants right. for their open positions. What were they doing differently than the companies who weren't getting any applicants? Oh, great and question. she answered it in that they talked about their culture oh. in their job descriptions. All right. And so... If we thought we didn't have to have a culture before, we certainly need to now when it's such a competitive hiring environment. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That is so peculiar because I'm trying to think back in the day when I was looking for jobs, would I have ever even considered thinking about the culture of the business? I don't know. Maybe. Well, or would I have even known what kind of culture I would excel in? Right. Or think about your company now. How would you describe your culture in a way that's actually authentic? Unless you lay a vision. <laughs> That's funny you say that. I have what I believe it is. Mm. But the challenge is when everyone's remote. And I have tried, man, I feel like sometimes I'm trying to squeeze a rock, trying to get feedback from my crew about what do, you, what do we need to change? Mm -hmm. What do you like? What do you dislike? Like, just tell me. And they're like, everything's cool. Right. And I want to be like, no. 
No, there's always something that you can change, right? Even if it's the color of the curtains in your room. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> there's something. Right. But it's such a challenge because I get like, we're cool. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe they're cool. But it's so like, I don't from an entrepreneurial mindset, you're like, right. Everything's got to be fixed. Well, we're all we're optimizers, mm. right? What's the next ten percent better? How can we make it a little bit better? How can yeah. this work more efficiently? And I mean, that's why I got into productivity and focus, right? Yeah. How can I just do this one percent better today and one percent better tomorrow? And so I think it's interesting when we're so used to breaking down everything that we do to interact other personalities yeah. who maybe don't operate in that way. Right. Uh, my husband and I work like this in the fact that I'm like, I set goals all the time. I'm ready for what's the next step I'm going to take to get there. Here's everything I'm working on this year. And it's not that he's not a goal setter. It's just that he knows the vision that he has for his life and isn't as, um, doesn't specifically set out, set them out in the way I do. Uh -huh. But he's very much more systems and compliance oriented, All and right. I'm much more of an interpersonal driver. Sure. So it's really interesting when you put the you know the personality mix on top of that. So right. your team mm -hmm. maybe not giving you feedback is because their personalities are a little different. Maybe they're motivated by different things, and happiness <laughs> is happiness. Right. Yeah. However you define it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. It's funny that you say that because I guess. When I'm thinking about this now that we're talking, I wouldn't hire or I couldn't hire me because I wouldn't even apply for the job. <laughs> like I'm just not the person there. So I'm trying to communicate with people, my employees, I guess, like I would want to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. But I would like if I wouldn't hire a person like me because they wouldn't even apply. I'm trying to communicate right. with someone that doesn't even exist. Well, what do they say? The golden rule is to treat others the way you want to be treated, but then so many people have said, no, you need to treat them the way they want to be treated. Right. But the struggle is, if you don't actually have them take a personality test, how mm -hmm. do you ever know how they want to be treated? You have to spend enough time with them and try to read between the lines. And there's so much emotional intelligence mm -hmm. involved in that. that or lack. Or <laughs> lack, right, exactly. To try to figure that out. Mm -hmm. It's such a trial and error game. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because they can't come right out and say because they don't. They may not even know themselves. Know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the productivity. Tell me about the productivity. Yeah. Um, so what did you I have it? a certification. certification. Yep, okay. it's called a Full Focus Certified Pro. And right. really, I, I got more interested in productivity because I was telling you about that family-run business I worked for. Mm -hmm. I worked remote, so I live in, in rural Wisconsin. And they were, um, we were spread all over the place. All so right. I was just given a you know, we're going to do marketing for this firm. And it was great. I got the freedom, but yeah. I also then got to execute. Oh. And I realized that I I needed to develop my own plan. Have, okay. you know, working from home for the first time was great. I was having kids. I had the flexibility to mm -hmm. develop my own schedule. But I also need to, to keep myself accountable because I didn't have a boss that was showing up every day, making sure I was doing what I needed right. to do. And so, again, this was pre-planned pre-pandemic when I was working from home thinking, gosh, I need to find a way to keep myself consistent and accountable. Oh, interesting. So, so you're solving this problem before people I was solving, well, because I knew it was my problem. Yeah. So I tried like five or six different planner systems and, you know, how I'd organize my day and all these things because, again, I'm an optimizer. Sure. So finally I found this one from Full Focus and it, it really helped me think through what are my daily rituals mm. and also helped me think through this um, time energy paradox. So Tell me about that. I had always thought, and I don't know, maybe this is a, a young person's being naive, but there's this hustle fa fallacy, right? That I, I need more hours in the day to get more things done. 
And sure. if I can't get enough done, then I just need more hours in the day. And if that's it, all there's to it. Yeah, right. Just change the sun. Right. And you'll be fine. <laughs> Somehow planet. stretch me 26 from yeah, 24. Right? But also it was, oh, eight hours isn't enough. Let me work 12. Five days isn't enough. Let me work six or seven. All right. Sleep faster. And, right. <laughs> or just sleep when you're dead. Right. Sure, that's what right? we said when we were in college. And we know that's not healthy. But I, I needed to find a way to leverage my time in in just a more predict, uh, predictable, productive, but also healthier way, All right? Because right? trying to push 14 hours of work is not productive. At some point, you're just at right, a loss. Right, you gotta give. Yeah. So um, the idea of the time energy paradox is that while time is fixed, your energy shifts and oh. fluctuates through the day. Okay. So totally I tend fair. to find that I have the most energy in the morning and about two, three o'clock, I'm gonna hit a slump, so I can't do anything productive between three and five. All right. So I know that if I have a couple projects I need to get done, my best time is between 10 and noon. All right. So Do them I, in the morning. Right. When you're tip top. Tip top shape. Maybe I've had some caffeine in my system. Maybe <laughs> have some endorphins going from a morning workout and sure. I just, I get it done. All right. So when I started looking then at my days in that way and saying, okay, I'm not going to take meetings from 10 to noon because that's my focus time and that's when I'm going to get things done. Well, you take the meetings during the slough off time. Well, right. <laughs> You're just like, Unless oh, it's brainstorming and then sure. it's like, don't count on me for any creative <laughs> thought whatsoever. What time is it now? <laughs> <laughs> but so that helped me think and like, okay, when is my best time of day? But then as I started seeing the, the leaps and bounds of things I could get done, I thought, gosh, how can I get more of this? Oh. So then I started looking at my week and saying, okay, if I had an ideal week, what would that look like? And there's a tool in this planner system that you can use. So I thought through batching. You know, if I'm okay. going to create content for mm -hmm. my company, I should just do that in a day. I'll be in the right mindset. I'll create all of my content in a day and then it'll be done. I can schedule it for the rest of the week and I don't have to come back there. All and then right. maybe I'll have another couple days where I'll do client calls. And then my brain will be in that frame of mind. I'll do those client calls on that day. And then maybe I have an administrative day or I have a, a day I try to get speaking gigs, things like that. So I tried to batch my work. All right. And it really helped me think more about being in the right frame of mind for that work that day. Interesting. So you're not going through 50 years in a day. You're well, going we lose three. so much steam when we try to, you know, depending on what research you look at, they can say you lose anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes of productivity just by trying to switch tasks. Yeah. So, I mean, think about all these people who say, oh, I'm a great multitasker. Well, are you doing any of those things well? You know, it's interesting you say that because with the call answering thing, yeah. we're essentially doing that. Right. But I, I think of, I'm like, my crew is good at that, but we try to, it's interesting because we just started that whole batching thing mm -hmm. uh, like last week, two weeks ago, something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. Trying to schedule stuff like that, knowing, well, I guess we tried before where you try to do like, hey, just take five minutes to do this one blog mm -hmm. or make these few calls or something like that instead of doing a block. And when you do a block, you can get in the zone. Right. And you can bang them out. You're way more efficient. Yeah. So well, and I think you learn. You can turn the lessons around from the last call into the next call mm -hmm. more quickly. And Oh, true. Super when, true. When you're doing it, you know, I'm going to do three today, three tomorrow, whatever, there's 24 hours in between that. And so mm -hmm. how do you learn and try to build on that? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's interesting you say that then because we think about this idea of like rituals or scripting, right? So you talked about your team trying to do some of this batching. Uh, I have found that when I script things, and I don't mean like I'm scripting all of my calls with my clients sure. or things like that, but more of a, 
I know that if I'm going to have a discovery call with a potential client, these are the kinds of questions I'm going to ask. And they're the kinds of questions I'm going to ask because that helps me determine whether or not we're a good fit. Sure. Whether I could help them or whether they'd be a good yeah, client for a me. A system. A checklist, a system. You know, yeah. Right? So you don't want to be like, oh, I forgot to ask them. This one thing. Yeah. Right. That's when should we meet? important. <laughs> Let's set up our next meeting before <laughs> right. we're done, right? But then just this idea of like ritual. Mm-hmm. And routine. So as I, again, tried to make each day 1% better, I think, well, what's my morning routine? How can I be more efficient to set, set myself up for a good day? Uh, so there's four rituals that I try to put in my day now. I have a morning and evening ritual. Okay. And then a workday, um, a workday startup and a workday shutdown. Wow, okay. And those two were relatively new for me when I started this system. Morning, morning routines, you hear about people talking about those all the time. What can you do in the morning? Get yourself going. Everybody's got an opinion on what you should be doing, right? Sure. But Five cups of coffee <laughs> or work out or whatever. Right. Or read or whatever you're going to do. Sure. So the Workday Startup ritual, though, I found really interesting because it's your way to kind of switch gears from maybe your personal life to your professional life. And if you're an entrepreneur, I don't know that there's ever really an on-off switch for that. Oh, we like to believe. <laughs> right. We love to believe. We tell ourselves. Yeah. But if you work for somebody else, maybe it's a little easier. And actually, as entrepreneurs, if we can create boundaries around our workday, we probably have a better balance. Ideal goal yes. would be that you can. Right. That you can shut it off. So it's, it's what we're all working towards. Sure, right. So this idea of a workday startup is what are you going to do at the beginning of the day that you really need to check in on before you can get to meaningful work? So these are administrative right. things. So for me, it includes checking email, making sure that there's not, you know, some fire I need to put out, mm -hmm. um, answering any client questions or phone calls. And if I didn't do my content in, in advance, it's I'm going to make sure I have a social post going out so I can be productive and serve my community in that way. Uh, but, you know, some other people might include in here, like, answering Slack messages, returning right. voicemails. If you get a lot of email in a day, maybe a half-hour workday startup routine isn't enough. Mm -hmm. But then it kind of kicks off your day to, okay, I did all these things. I can put them aside now so I can actually work on meaningful work. All right. So you check some boxes. Right. This is done. I accomplished mm -hmm. some stuff right off the bat. Well, and... It's important because, I don't know if you're this way with email, but for me, I can get so distracted by email because I have a list of 20 things I want to get done today. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, but it's so much easier just to go answer my email because you get a dopamine hit every time right. you hit send. Like, oh, check. Oh, check. I get all these things done. But I'm not getting the right things done. Mm, so, activity versus accomplishment. Exactly. All right. Yes. And so the, then at the end of the day, there's a workday shutdown, which basically just means how can I take care of the things I need to make a list of the things I need to get done tomorrow so I can actually shut work off and show up wherever I need to after work. All right, I get that. There are times when I have to tell myself, walk away. Yes. Walk away. And I write down, you know, two or three things that have to be done for the next day so that when I come in my office, like, oh, those are the priorities. Yeah, you set yourself up for success the next day. But, the, I mean, there's times that I feel like I have an internal fight. Yeah. Where it's just like, walk away, James. Like, <laughs> you know, one more email. It's that internal voice telling thing. you balance. Yeah. Right? Balance. Oh, my gosh. You're just like, shut up. Mm -hmm. Stop telling me to walk away so I can finish this. But on the flip side, like the one that's telling me to walk away, that's the smarter side. Right? You're not being productive. Right. You're well, just, there it's is. It's tough to get out of the chair. I think if you're on a roll sometimes as a as an entrepreneur or anything, if you're doing something that you love, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work. And I know a lot of us fair. in totally that fair. way yeah. feel like, hey, I don't want to step away from this because I enjoy what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But we have so many other aspects of our life than just our work. And while especially we as entrepreneurs kind of identify ourselves as as our career through work. Yeah, to a fault. There, there are so many other opportunities in our lives that maybe we 
minimize too much mm. because we are so focused on growing a business. Sure. And I think that that's one of the things that while some people may lose in their career to grow or in their journey to grow their own business, I've been really intentional about making sure that my family is in front of me. I have a three and a five year old at home. All right. And I, <coughs> like I said, my dad was a, a contractor growing up. So yeah. I never wanted to uh, be sidelined my family or not have opportunities to go do the things that I wanted to or go see whatever that they were doing mm -hmm. because I had this other stuff going on. So in Did fact, you see him do that? Yes, but he did more travel. Like he okay. would travel and set houses and go, oh. you know, states and states away to do these things and oh, be really? gone for weeks at a time. Oh wow, okay. And so uh, he did it when we were young and then he made different choices as we got older. Mm -hmm. But I decided I'm gonna go in business so I have the flexibility to actually see those things for my kids. So I don't wanna design a business I need a vacation from. Oh. I'm gonna design a business around having the flexibility to see my kids. Nice. So when I think about the ideal week, I think about the flexibility that it gives me to say, you know what, if I want to have client calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays because my kid has wrestling on Wednesday nights yeah. and I need to be able to shut down at three o'clock, I have the control to do that because it's my business. Nice. Yeah, people are very good at building their own prisons. Right, oh, very so true. Oh my gosh, I was talking to someone else in a retail store um, that owner and it was so interesting chatting with her and I'm just thinking like oh when you got in this business what were you thinking right it's fun mm -hmm. retailing you're doing right. you're selling your thing it's kind of a dreamy rah rah right I suppose it'd be like me owning a bar it's always something that I thought that'd be cool mm -hmm. but then you talk to bar owners and you're like no it <laughs> doesn't sound like fun at all because <laughs> there's no I mean it's tough to take a vacation right or it's tough to walk away or even just go see a kid's game right mm -hmm. Kids got my kid just had a basketball tournament that started at three o'clock on a Friday, and I was like, "No problem, we'll just make the game, no big thing." Right. And I looked around. I remember looking around the bleachers, and I'm like, "How many people? Was it a struggle to get them there? Right, doing whatever it is they had to do for their work to get there? Mm -hmm. And how many people are not here because right. they couldn't?" And then I realized one, the second or third game, coach number two shows up because that guy couldn't get away from work right That's away. So and I'm interesting. Like, I don't even know what you do, right? but I don't want to do it. Well, and I think that there, there again is that idea of like, I have to versus I get to. Yes. You know, I get to take off early to go see my kids. One thing though that I've always thought was kind of a, an oversight by schools is most parents, there, there are some families who, you know, one parent decides to stay home and that works for them. Sure. And that's wonderful, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But if people are working, how can you schedule a kid's game for 4.30 or 5 right, o'clock and expect parents to be there? Yeah, but, it was dumb. <clears throat> but it, it was just, it was, somebody thought it was a good idea, mm -hmm. so whatever, here we go. But no, uh, if I was running that, that right. particular, particular thing. I mean, I'm sure they have to get it all in before kids have to go to bed and, Probably, and all the whatever. things. But it's just one of those, like, um, this is weird. Right, but, but you whatever. got to go. You got to go? Yeah. Yeah, without issue. Exactly. It wasn't even a... There's zero thought. Mm -hmm. It's just this is happening, away we go. But that was intentional because my dad had his own business, mm -hmm. and I learned a ton of what not to do by watching him. And I'm certain that he didn't make the mistakes. Well, I guess most people don't make their mistakes intentionally. Maybe he didn't even view them as mistakes. But sure. it was uh, he owned a job. Yeah. And owning the job, it was a physical job. He was delivering milk and stuff like that. Where like these are the hours, right? It's not like, hey, I'm going to see my kid's game and then I'll deliver milk after the game is done. 
Like you can't. The restaurants and schools that you're delivering to are open certain times, whatever. Right. This is your window. So that's the idea of the, the whole time freedom thing, right? And I yeah. think part of why we become entrepreneurs is mm -hmm. like we want to control our own schedule. To your point, otherwise, even sometimes when we control our own schedule, we create our own prison. But totally, I think it's really interesting because as we create that time freedom, mm -hmm. we can... We're like, oh, we have, we can do so much with this. Look at all this time I now have as an <laughs> entrepreneur. And then you fill it up with this and you fill it mm -hmm. up with this and you say yes to this and all these things because you think you have all this opportunity, all this time to mm -hmm. grow your business. And then I, you realize quickly that you can't say yes to everything. Right. Oh, I and learned that the is, hard way. Oh my gosh. It yeah. has been one of my biggest struggles. Ah. And it's even to clients so much as I know I know that they're not the best fit, mm -hmm. and maybe I'm not the best fit for them. But so the other side of my business is health coaching. I, perfect segue. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So because uh, I say this because ultimately I'm I'm a helper. I want to help people get healthier and where they are. And I just had a discovery call with a client last week where um, she knew she didn't have the budget to work with me for a six month program. Okay. And but she still had recently received a diagnosis. She was looking for a second opinion via functional medicine and she was kind of at a loss. And so I said, well, I'll help you run some additional lab screenings. I can explain that a little bit, but it's not the way I typically do business. All and right. it was a one off. Mm. So I said yes when I knew I should have said no. All right. But I felt like I was helping. But in the long run, I feel like. Saying yes to her means I'm saying no to something else. It could have Correct. been a better fit. Right. And uh, one could probably make a strong argument. What does she value that then? So the right. results. Right, exactly. Because if this truly was going <clears> to <throat> help her, yeah. does she believe that? Versus, that's a, like that's she, to be seen. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. But that, I think that's a good point. So coaching mm -hmm. and consulting, I feel like the success is in the repetition and the consistency. Agreed. And if you do one session, you're, it's education, it's learning, but there's no reinforcement, there's no accountability. And mm -hmm. I think that that's the struggle uh, is that they don't, they don't have an opportunity to ask questions or apply it to their life and then come back and say, I'm running into this, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's where I struggle is helping people understand that this is a health journey. It's not oh. we're going to do a test, help you get a result, and then you're ultimately going to change your life because of this result. Be cool if they did, but probably won't I mean, it would, be, it would be great if there were so many things where we got a result and said, great, I'm yeah, right? Just like that. Let's Boom. move on. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm learning how to play guitar, and I feel like the education, like I'll watch a video, mm -hmm. and I'll be like, eh, there's no way my fingers can go there. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the next day, you get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Right. But it's interesting that you say that, right? Because if I would have just watched a video, that same video, whatever, one time and been like, that's it. Can't do this. I'm good. Right. I can't mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, no way. Yeah. So I imagine a coaching session, it's not just one and done. It's not. So uh, the health coaching side of my business, first I do functional health coaching. Okay. And that's different from conventional. I would... So there's functional medicine and conventional medicine. I'd consider the conventional medicine or medicine model more of like your disease care, right? You get a diagnosis, you're given a treatment plan, which usually includes maybe procedures or some prescriptions. Okay. Functional, so like you have cancer, you broke a leg, you, you have a arthritis, you okay. have um, autism, whatever it is. Okay. You get a diagnosis and then you go, you have a plan of care. Okay. Right. But it usually involves prescription drugs, maybe some procedures. All right. Um, 
PT, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of functional medicine is that we want you to, it's healthcare, we want you to be involved in your own solution All right. by using alternative I wouldn't, I even hate to say alternative, right? Because I feel like when I say alternative, people think like voodoo, yeah. crazy medicine. Go look at the rainbow. <laughs> yeah, right? But it's really more of this idea that the body has an, an innate ability to heal itself if we provide the environment mm -hmm. in which it can do so. Fair, totally fair. And that environment does not include being stressed out all the time, eating junk foods, not sleeping. So it's the idea of just teaching you the basics again of life that I feel like we lose when we're trying to run 120 miles an hour every day all day. All right. So is that, uh, well, maybe it's both. Is it preventative or is it preventative and caring for if you somebody know, says, hey, I got arthritis, can functional medicine come into play there? Right. So while I'd love to say that it's preventative, there's probably only 5% of the people who seek out a functional medicine practitioner who are saying, I want to optimize my health. I want right. to live in full vitality. Sure. Right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it takes an episode for someone to reach out and find. All right. In order to find a solution, they want to have a problem. Right. Okay. Or maybe they, maybe they come at it like I did. I had a family member who was diagnosed with an arthritis condition oh. and was being thrown prescription after prescription or prescription from a provider. And, you know, God bless them, they have five minutes to spend with people. So they yeah, really right? don't have an opportunity to understand everything that's going on. But as I'm watching this family member, she's taking this medication and this medication and this medication is making that medication worse and this is even worse. And it's like, well, oh. what are, are we even making the arthritis any better or are we just making that better and causing 15 other downstream problems? Mm -hmm. So I was trying to help <coughs> her find an alternative way, right? There's got to be something else other than a pill to right. solve this, right? Mm -hmm. So... Functional medicine's core is the idea of trying to get down to the root cause of whatever caused the problem. All and right. the root cause for you and me might be different. Totally. We might both have migraines, mm -hmm. right? But there's a lot of things that can happen on a, a cellular level that would make that happen. So for me, for example, after I had my second kiddo, I started training for a half marathon. Did you really? I was, well, I did one after my first, and I was like, that's great. I'll get back in shape. I'll get active again. And I did it. I didn't do it as fast as I wanted to, but I did it. Nice. Congrats. So I thought, thanks. Well, I did not, but a Sonoma. So there was wine at the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we all have different motivators. Sure. So after my second kiddo, I thought, great, we'll do it again. And then I, you know, I set up a routine. I set up a schedule. I was doing my runs. And I just started losing a bunch of weight. And initially, I thought, oh, this is great. I'm dropping a baby weight but it didn't stop. And I got oh. down to a scary weight that I hadn't seen since high school and oh. thought, oh, this, this just can't be right. So I went to my doctor mm -hmm. and took a couple tests and I was 34 at the time. And she said, I'm gonna uh, refer you out to a gastroenterologist, but I think you have ulcerative colitis. And I said, I'm 34 and I'm gonna get an autoimmune diagnosis what? and go to go get a procedure, probably get some prescription and all the things. I said, I just, I can't. I, that's no. not my life. I'm not going to be defined by that. Like chicken wings too much. <laughs> right. Well, mine was probably wine. And or bread. whatever. <laughs> but, uh, so I said, you know, there's got to be another option here. Right? So I, I went and got a functional health coach certification. I was lucky enough to then be able to run some functional lab screenings, mm -hmm. which don't include, they're, they're different tests than your doctor usually runs. They're not typically covered by insurance, but they okay. try to help you uncover health issues before they become uh, a scary diagnosis. Right. Issues. Right, exactly. Right. But we don't want to wait until they're big issues to address mm -hmm. them, right? Otherwise, we're going to end up in a disease care model that maybe we'll never be able to get out of. Right. 
So after going through that process, I was able to run some you know, stool, urine, blood, saliva samples, check out my hormones, check out my gut health, see really what's going on. And I was over-exercising. I wasn't eating the right things. Oh. I, my hormones were completely out of whack. I was stressed to the nines all the time and thought, isn't this just the way that people operate? Oh. And then I learned a different way. Like, no, stress management is actually a good thing. Right. I shouldn't be in fight or flight all the time because there isn't a lion chasing me 24-7. <laughs> right. So, and our body wasn't made to to be in that state. We no. were supposed to, after the lion stopped chasing us, take a minute and rest and recover. But mm -hmm. we don't. No. And, and so our body is consistently trying to break down and deal with that stress. And so... All of these things can cascade. So for me, it ended up being extreme digestive issues. You know, for oh. someone else, it could be headaches, or for someone else, it could be arthritis. Sure. So it's just really interesting how everyone's body is unique. Yeah. So are you, how long does it take to go through this fun functional uh, wellness certification? Yeah, so it's an, it's an on-demand program. I have to say I was, you know, motivated because I had my own health issues. Right. So I guess I asked that because you didn't, find a practitioner necessarily, you're like, I'm going to get certified. Mm -hmm. Well, I did find a, a, um, a functional practitioner. Okay. And I think that this is an interesting thing about any provider that you find. Mm -hmm. um, she listened to me, ran a test that looked normal. Oh. Listened to me, ran another test and said, I don't think there's anything wrong. You have the healthiest gut I've ever seen. But I was still clearly not well. Oh. So I think one is... Ultimately, you just have to find a provider that listens to you. All right. It's uh, like taking your car to the mechanic where you hear the noise. The mechanic is like, I don't hear it. There's right. no problem. Right. But or, there's totally a problem. Or as a woman going to mechanic that's just like, there's nothing wrong here. Or mm -hmm. they try to speak you down a, a like oh. $2,000 bill because they don't think you know what's going on. Gotcha. Right? There's two okay. routes. All right. Fair. But Ultimately, you know, I think that it's important for people to find someone who's actually going to listen to mm -hmm. what they're going through. And I think that... As we go down these journeys, we want to know, do you understand what I'm going through? Have you helped other people like me? And, and is this going to work? All right. And so that's what I really try to help my clients understand. But for me, it was gut health. So for other women, it may not be that way. Mm -hmm. So before I started my business, I was like, let me just do a little bit of research. All right. Let me see if there's other people dealing with what I'm dealing with. So I called 10 women who I knew had kids who also had jobs and said, you know, what kind, of, what kind of health issues do you deal with? And I thought I was gonna strictly go down gut health and focus in that way. But the theme I heard the most was, gosh, I'm tired all the time. Oh. Like I can't, I can't stay awake to read books to my kids or I just, I wish I had energy to stay up at night and watch Netflix with my husband, but I just fall asleep or I hit an afternoon slump. And so what I heard more and more from all these working moms was energy. Oh, I just don't right. have enough energy and I feel like I'm, burning the candle at both ends. And so what I know as a functional medicine provider is that that ultimately comes back to the gut. Hippocrates says that all health begins in the gut. Yeah. And so it's interesting because our immune system lives there, but a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think, oh, I don't have a lot of energy, and then they think it's, I need more caffeine. Sure, right. right? This <laughs> for that. Hit the coffee. Right. But they don't realize <coughs> that they might actually have imbalances at a deeper level, but they don't, it's not the way they talk about the problem. Mm. So that was a lesson for me really early in my business was making sure I was speaking the same language right. that my target was speaking because I target working moms. So I want to ask you, when you were reaching out to them, how 
close were you? Were they, like close friends or were these just people you knew? So most of them were close friends. Okay. I mean, I would get a recommendation to, you know, some other folks just to get up to the number I wanted. So when you asked them, hey, you got this life, tell me about your, if you have any health problems. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever have anyone say, nah, everything's good? Or they just would not admit? Or you had to probe a little bit to get them to admit that there was you know, an I issue? People open up a little bit more the more you talk to them. Right, fair, so totally you have fair. to you have to ask them a warm up question. Gotcha. But how I, about them packers, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, most working moms will have time to or watch whatever. Them, right? But yes, you're absolutely right. How about the bachelor? Right, at, exactly. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but I do think that we, I had to warm them up. All right. A bit. There were a few that I wasn't as close to that would be like, you know, for the most part, my gut health's great. But then they'd go in this other direction. Mm -hmm. um, I find with clients. One, they don't reach out to me if they don't have a problem, right? Fair, we're not totally just, fair. like I said, 5% of us are looking for better health, but otherwise, if we're not struggling, mm -hmm. we're not looking. Um, but these women are all working and all right. trying to chase kids and do the things. So I, I was surprised. There's a camaraderie, I think, right. in it. I feel like any community that you're a member of, yeah. you kind of get some camaraderie. Totally. Um, so, and, Sometimes misery just loves company. So. <laughs> yeah. So would you have to share your story or did you share your story to kind of open them up a little? So some of them did know my story. Okay, um, like safe place. It's all right. Good. Uh, uh, there were others where I just said, hey, I'm getting ready to start a health coach business. Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to learn, you know, what issues working moms struggle with. All right. Uh, I think another thing I've struggled with is the vulnerability of sharing my story openly. Uh, sure. You know, it took me, so I started this business on the side in 2021 okay and it took me until the end of 2022 to like openly share my story on facebook Holy with cow. my close friends all right and i knew that that was a weakness of mine i mean i don't openly share my life on facebook is it though well i think that there's there's blessings and and curses to it sure right i so, guess i wouldn't necessarily consider it a weakness because from my point of view i would say like is it relevant fair and a strong fair. argument could be made either direction <clears throat> Because, but I guess I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I should I think prove that to the world. There's trust and vulnerability. Fair. Totally fair. So I think that others, to your point, are less likely to open up to me unless they know that I've had a problem. All right. And we don't want to show others maybe that, that weak side of us or what mm -hmm. we've been struggling with if we know that they haven't had to go through it. Does All it right. make us look less weak, you know, sure. more weak? Yeah. It's, I always think of the motivational speakers where you hear like, oh... I was addicted to drugs, or I was an alcoholic, or right. whatever. The high school I turned gym my life seminars. around, yeah. Yeah. And now I'm a motivational speaker, and I'm like, shouldn't we be listening to someone who didn't mess up so bad? Right. <laughs> but in the end, the gut thing wasn't necessarily like that. wasn't a choice. Mm -hmm. you know, like today, I'm going to have gut problems. Right. Well, and I think the other piece of it is, we all are well-meaning, you know, and we just yeah, I'd like we to don't... think so. Right. Well, I, I like to think that everyone is doing the best that they can with the mm -hmm. information that they have and that we learn right. something new and we can shift. Mm -hmm. But I think that as a mom, learning what I did about my gut health journey, I'd love to go back and tell any other pregnant mom, oh. these are the things that I would not do because of my journey. But, you know, no one wants to hear that until they've had their own struggle, right? You don't want to openly give advice to a group of people who are like, oh, I would never do that. Yeah. But I'm sitting here yeah. saying... I, oh, I'm breastfeeding. So I can eat a whole sleeve of Oreos and go to Culver's every day and have cheese curds and, and ice cream <laughs> because I'm breastfeeding. And look at all these extra calories I'm burning. And I'm oh, training for a half marathon. But I think 
I didn't understand the quality of the food, right? A calorie mm. isn't a calorie. There's good foods that bless your body and fuel it, and there's other foods that don't. That bless your body. I like that. Mm. Interesting. That's, that, that's so funny. It reminds me of when I'm in a printer repair company. Mm -hmm. I was looking at franchising it. Okay. And I remember I was going to this company that their business model was to help you build a franchise and sell it and all this kind of stuff. And I remember thinking, when I first started this business, would I buy a franchise of this? Like, even though I know what I know, systems are in place, all this kind of stuff, would I, as the little punk that started this business in the first place, listen to a guy that I think knows more than me? I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't, because I'm like, I know it all, or at least I know most of it. Mm -hmm. And I would never pay someone that. So I always think, I guess what's your, to your point there, even though somebody may like, hey, you know a little bit more than me, but I, I got this covered. This life right. thing, I got it. Right. I got it dialed in. When they don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So it's interesting how some people, even though you know, like, don't jump off that cliff, they're just like, come on. Right. It's a nice cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, the other struggle here is that as women in particular, we have a hard time asking for help. Oh. And so I think that until we are really in a spot, it's really hard to ask for help. So we're out looking for information. I mm -hmm. mean, for better or worse, we find blogs and we find this influencer and that influencer who said we should try this tr diet and we should try this workout routine and, and mm -hmm. all the things when we're like, okay, we can just, we can figure this out because why can't I figure out how to be healthy on my own? This is ridiculous. People have been doing this for years and so we don't ask for help until it's bad enough that we don't find another alternative. That's right. another thing I found in my research is that women were saying, I don't know what's credible. There's so much information out there now well, in, there's in a this ton. age yeah. that I don't know what to believe because you read this thing and it says this and you read this over here and it says the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that I have found is that I need to build trust with mm. folks so they know that I'm coming from a place of education sure um, that's probably the biggest I would imagine it is yeah for content. something on the level that you're taking care mm -hmm. of because without that what do you got right interesting so going to your idea of franchising yeah. um, you mentioned you know maybe you wouldn't listen I think we were talking about time freedom mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I realized early on with my business is that I didn't want to trade time for money because I had great been in, been move. plenty of other situations where I was making somebody else money. And I think, mm -hmm. again, that's why we as entrepreneurs get into this business. We don't want to work hard for someone else to make that money. Right. But I wanted time freedom. And I thought, gosh, I could just do one-on-one -on -one coaching and mm -hmm. I'm just trading, you know, hours time. Time for money. Yeah. So I thought, how can I scale this in a better way? I mean, it's just me. Someday maybe I'll have a team of five, but right now it's just me. Not just you. It's totally. <laughs> it's, I'm the superhero. Right? <laughs> the founder. Right. But... I think that I realized right away that I was going to need another plan. Right. So I went out and looked, and there are mentors out there, mm -hmm. and I found one that had a kind of a blueprint for how to develop um, a group program okay. that would make it more you know, scalable. You could uh, help and coach a group of 15 or 20 or however many. So you get your multiplier. In, yes, exactly, right. in an hour instead of just training one in mm -hmm. an hour. So... I made that investment early on and I'd make it again because it gave me a blueprint that I'm hoping to use All to right. scale more quickly. All right. Um, 
but you know, it's not necessarily a franchise. It's more of a blueprint for scale. Sure. And Fair. So they have a system. Right. They have a system. They you leverage the system. The system. Right. right. But I'd heard so many people say, gosh, you know, uh, what do they say? Something about you want to go far fast, you have to find a community. You want to find a uh, mentor. Right. And so I did make that investment. All right. That's yeah, fair? It is. It's fair. And I'm excited about it. So I'll, I'll have to report back on the scale and how S successful that is. So we don't have a ton of time left, but I want to ask about marketing. Yeah. Because you were in the marketing world. I was marketing exec for about 15 years. Yeah. And now you have your own business. So instead of marketing mm -hmm. for other people, you have to market for yourself. Yeah. You, <laughs> I just love the body <laughs> language there. You're like, oh, yeah. It's a struggle. So some people are trying to come up with like a word for their year. They try to come up with a theme. Mm. And mine is imperfect action. Because, imperfect action. Okay. Because I've, I've been a marketer for 15 years, and I could pick apart my own marketing for weeks and uh. try to make it perfect. And I've just realized I, you just need to hit send. You just need to hit publish. I think Seth Godin is one of the people who push that, right? You just have to, good enough is good enough. And that has been a struggle for me as yeah, a Yeah, good enough beats not done and perfect, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so imperfect action is my theme this year, but All it right. is a struggle. All right. Have you, I guess, what has been some of the, the response that you've gotten or some of the feedback or yeah. even clients? Has mm -hmm. stuff happened? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my initial client was an arthritis client. Okay. Uh, we worked through, inflammation is really at the core of arthritis, so we mm -hmm. worked through nutrition, trying to get in some more joyful movement, not crazy movement, um, some targeted supplementation to right. you know bring down that inflammation, and she's on fewer medications, she's right. moving around better, um, she's not quite to where she wants to be yet, but she's you know still working through it. And I think she recognizes it's a journey, which right. is extremely helpful for those who think it's a one and done. Uh, I'm starting my first group program here in a couple weeks nice. in February. So if anyone's interested, woo woo. there will be, um, I'm calling it the Living Light Reset. So we focus on nutrition okay. All right. and um, focus <coughs> as well as diet, joyful movement, and stress management. Tell me about joyful movement. Yeah. So rather than trying to do cardio all the time, which mm -hmm. can really throw your hormones out of whack, uh, it's just finding movement that, that you move your body. All right. Uh, so for me, I try to do yoga twice a week, uh, lift weights twice a week because it's really good for longevity, All making right. sure that you can functionally sit in a chair and get out of it. And I still love to run, but I only do it twice a week. Oh. Uh, you know, for others, they like swimming or playing basketball or whatever it is, but ultimately it's what something that you enjoy that you will continue doing that isn't a slog, like, ugh, I have to go run five miles All today. All right. That's so interesting. Yeah, I talk with people about running. I love running. Same. And I just... It's so chill. I do it early in the morning. No mm -hmm. one else is around. It frees up my mind. Yeah. It's, yeah, I consider it meditative. Absolutely. And it's so interesting when I'm like, well, I talk to people and they're just like running. Oh my gosh. And from my point of view, I'm like, we have only a few ways to actually be mobile. Mm -hmm. Like you can walk, you can run, you can crawl. I don't crawl a whole lot now. <laughs> but walk You're a few and decades run. past that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that mm -hmm. people would just rule that mode of transportation. Right. But it's ultimately what you enjoy, right? So if you enjoy running, then that's the great thing for Fair. you. But yeah. if someone else doesn't enjoy it, then you don't have to run. Just move your body. Mm -hmm. Fair. Joyful movement. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure to be here. Tell me website. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at First Light Health. All right. And is there a phone number or just head to Instagram? Yep. Head to Instagram. The best way to reach me. Gotcha. Cool. That's it. <laughs> The new world we're in, right? There. <laughs> right, exactly. It's all good. And the group thing, can they find that on Instagram? Yep, you can find it, and we're starting in February. All right, so that's coming up.
coming mid-January now. Rock yeah, we are. This has been Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggles, stories, and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. We're locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're watching or listening to this on the web, which you probably are, if you could do us a huge favor, give it the big old thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and of course, comment below and let us know about the challenges that you may be facing in your life trying to do it all and stay healthy and, I suppose, alive. There's that a little bit. My name is James Kiedemann and Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and receptionist services to service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com, as well as the Bold Business Book, a book for the entrepreneur in all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. Oh, uh, what else we got here? We'd like to thank you, our wonderful, our wonderful listeners, as well as our guest, Jenna Pache, uh, First Light Health. And tell us again where we can find you. At Instagram, First Light Health. First Light Health. And that's first spelled out. Is that Correct. Right? Cool. Rock and roll. Past episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business.